Men, welcome back to the Awake Podcast, an ongoing conversation where we seek to live our lives awake, aware, and available to all that God has for us in every sphere and every relationship. I'm joined, as always, by Joe Hishma. Joe, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back. Today, gentlemen, we are going to be talking about health and specifically health in terms of our bodies. And we're going to be taking a look at what the scriptures have to say about our bodies. And then from there, we're going to kind of move into a discussion of how do we wrap our minds around how to steward our bodies well. So Joe, where do we start? Okay. So if you look at the modern perspective of the body, it's almost like it's seen as inconsequential. It's, um, it's neither good nor bad. Uh, they're actually in uh, Greek thought at the time of the New Testament. The body was, body was seen as bad, and the spirit was seen as good. And so, to be eradicating the body, it was a good thing, and you would downplay your body. Okay, but then you look at the art forms during the time of the Roman Empire, and you have these um, masculine, muscular statues that are there that show honor and virtue and power of Rome. And so, in the midst of this conflicting viewpoint of is the body good? Is it bad? Is it evil? Is it you know what do you do with this? The scriptures speak, and they've been speaking for thousands of years now. They in the Old Testament or New Testament, New Test or Old Testament in Psalm one. 39, which just, you know, when you look at the intricacies and the wonder of the body, the psalmist says in Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16, um, it, it says this, "'For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made.'" Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven into the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. And so here you get this picture of even before I was fully formed, even before I was a speck, I was known by God, and he wove me together, and it's wonderful. It's good. The body is good. Even in a broken world, the body is good. And so we get a few realities as a result of of this. First one is this. My body is good, and it's a gift from God. This should speak to a culture that basically says, don't worry about your body. It's the internal perception of yourself we, that, that, that determines who you are. And we need to push back on that respectfully, um, always with gentleness, but with clarity, and go, no, our, our God calls the body good. It mm-hmm. is important that I am male, and a, f- a female is a female. And it is a good thing. God still gives his nod, his divine compliment uh, that my body is good, and it's a gift from him. Mm. Secondly, my body is to be stewarded in a broken world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5... Um, It's interesting how Paul addresses this. In verse 10, it says this. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body. 
that interesting? I, I rarely would read in the body. Mm-hmm. I just saw, I just would read that word done, whether good or evil. And so here it's a picture from even our physical nature that we're accountable to God. And it's a gift to us that we're used to, that's to be used to glorify him, to make him greater on earth. And then we'll ultimately give an account, just as we'll give an account in, with what did I spend? How mm-hmm. did I use my energy? How did I use the gifts that God has given me. What we have done in the body is also something that's accountable uh, before the Lord. First Corinthians, um, another passage is First Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. I won't read the whole thing to you, but it talks about living with self-control, not being, not being um, you know, letting our flesh and, and desires and our passions mm-hmm. drive us, but living with self-control. And then again, uh, in Romans chapter 6, in Romans chapter 6, I love uh, verses 12 through 14, it says, do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members as God's instruments for righteousness. For sin will not have dominion over you since you are not under the law, but under grace. Here, my body brings glory to God. It's something where I'm to manifest, I'm to reveal the greatness and the glory of God through my body. And so here, just in summary, my body is good. It's a gift from God. It's to be stewarded in a broken world, even though, I mean, we have things like heart issues and disabilities disabilities and genetic issues Mm -hmm. with us on how we process food, all those things. It's still to be something we we steward well before the Lord. It's to be used with Mm self-control rather than it's supposed to be... um, uh, under control rather than out of control in whatever passions are out there in, in the world. And I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6 when he's dr- addressing a very sinful, uh, selfish, sexually charged yep. audience in Corinth when he says, you are, you are not your own. You've been bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. It ultimately says, look, it, this body is not mine. Mm-hmm. It's God's. And so I'm to steward it like I do that everything else that's God. From the gospel to the character of Christ, to the gifts he has given me, my body is to you be stewarded for him because it's his. It's his. He's the owner of it. And it makes me think of, um, I can't remember where the exact passage is, but um, it's in one of the gospels where Jesus talks about it's out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth, the mouth speaks. speaks. It's like yes. there is, there are these internal realities, but they play themselves out in a very physical way. So That's it's not right. like we can escape you know, our bodies. It is a part of who we are and That's it's important right. that we understand it well. That's right. And as you and I were talking about this, most, most guys are not thinking about their bodies on a daily basis. I mean, mm-hmm. we know how we feel. We know that there's different impulses that come across our mind or interact with aspects of our, our bodies, but very few of us are worshiping our bodies on a daily basis. I know there's some, they do a lot of posts on, on Facebook, <laughs> and usually with a shirt off and something like that. And I kind of look at that and go, what in the world? You know, what are you thinking? <laughs> That's a decent way to steward your body. Like, hey, look at God's gift to humanity. Mm -hmm. So probably a minority of us are dealing with that. I would say a majority of us are basically ignoring the body. Mm. We're um, busy chasing after kids. 
were busy uh, enjoying food, getting the job done, getting things completed, uh, climbing the ladder, that we don't always think, what's the best, what's best, best for my health? What's, what's going to steward this body well? And so we go passive with it. And anything that we go passive with it actually is now in a trajectory that's less than God's best. Yeah. It's on a trajectory towards unhealth. That's right. For sure. That's right. So then what are some kind of more practical ways that we can lean into stewarding our bodies well and taking seriously this call that God has given us to steward this temple that yeah. he is wanting to dwell in, that he's wanting to to see glory come from? Sure. Well, let me talk about three key practices okay. that if you can balance these three really well and pursue these three, it's going to solve about 80% of the issues with your body. Okay? Sounds good. <laughs> so, but but just let me say this. All this was given to me by Dr. Rick Tagg, who's a dear personal friend of mine, and spends his life thinking about optimal health. Okay? And he's written a... Um, he and I have written a four-page article on this that I we produced and had ready for an unstuck series that we did probably 10 years ago. And what I've turned this resource into is a four-page resource. All you have to do to get this whole thing is just email my assistant, Katie Geiger, uh, at fbctopeka.com, and she'll send the PDF document to you if you want to go through that. And I just listed because we don't have time to go through all of it right sure. now. But if anyone wants to do that, um, connect with, and if you can just put that in the link for yeah, the email. Guys, you're going to see her email come to you when we send out the announcement of the release of the podcast. So if you do want that article, make sure to send an email to Katie and she'll yep. make sure you get it. Just Okay, but three things. Sleep, Activity and nutrition, those three things. If you can have a good and godly balance of those three things, you will solve about 80% of the problems that people have with health. And the first one, let's talk about sleep. There's something about sleep that um, we have been made to find our rest, not just in God, but in the inactivity of our minds and our our processing and our our physical bodies to recharge with sleep. God has given sleep as a gift to us. And if you're not sleeping, you're not going to recoup the energy that's needed. And I don't know about you, but I've gone through times in my life where I could not sleep well. Oh, yeah. And when usually what that happens, it robs the next day of loads of different opportunities. Mm -hmm. It robs the next day of my best, right? It uh, robs the next day of uh, clear attention. Sometimes uh, it robs the day of wisdom because I'm distracted and I'm easily triggered in different areas. So the best advice I got on rest is that to target for seven and a half to eight hours of sleep a night. And I know that some of you, just to be difficult, are saying, I only need four, okay? And all I would say is that's not humanly sustainable for the long run. Mm -hmm. You may go through certain times, like World War II veterans will tell you there were times when they were in the battlefield where they just had 
They had four hours of sleep. That's all they could get. And all I would tell you is they paid for it later on. They had to get that recuperation. Yeah. Or you're in the battlefield of new parenting. That's right. <laughs> you're not able to get that eight hours there because your child right. just won't let you get it. That that is true. That is true. And that is I've had mothers tell me that um, you know they didn't really get sleep until their child slept through the night, mm-hmm. and therefore they they were feeling it for years and years and years. You're right. Can I share one more thing about sure. sleep that I've learned? It's it's especially when it comes to that eight hour mark, guys. One of the things that I needed to realize is it doesn't just mean I'm in bed for eight hours, but that I'm actually sleeping for eight hours. That's right. And I have to, there, there is a shutdown process that we have to go through mentally, physically in order to actually be able to rest when it comes to getting that eight hours. And so sometimes it means we need to shut off the TV, shut off our screens earlier in the evening That's right. so that we can be ready to get the sleep that our bodies need. Otherwise, and we, we might be in bed for eight hours, but we might only be getting five, six hours That's of right. actual rest. That's right. So if you look at, um, you know, what Dr. Tag says on this is it, better sleep gives you a lower risk of heart attack, diabetes, high blood pressure, cancer, depression, and early death. How about that? Sounds good. I'll take it. <laughs> we'll take all those yep. things. It's one of the easiest things to solve. It's one of the easiest things to solve on health if you can, if you can just put your life around that. Eight, eight hours of rest. Okay. And it, it's in some ways, it's an act of worship too, and humbling ourselves to say every single day, I'm not God. I need rest. I need to sleep. Only God can continue to be awake Isn't and active right? and empower the forever. Yep. But we're not Him. And That's so right. rest is a, a regular reminder that, yeah, I got to give things over to His control. That's right. Um, yeah. And I can't do it all. Mm-hmm. Right. And that allows others to do that or a job not to get finished. Yep. So, okay. Second thing is activity. And this one is kind of interesting because um, some of you are on a regimen every morning of getting up, at least during the weekday, and uh, exercising for an hour. More power to you. Do it. Do it. I'm going to talk right now to the guy who is not doing anything. And occasionally... We'll rake some leaves or, um, or cut, chop some wood or something like that and call it a day. And all I would say is your heart needs to be elevated during each day on a non-stress, I mean, mental stress-related mm-hmm. event. So um, like, like swimming or walking on a, sharp, a faster pace. Your heart rate needs to be above the 120, 130 rate for an extended period of time. And the target that they've learned, and this Dr. Tag taught me this also, the target that they've learned is nine and a half minutes. So this is round up to 10 minutes. 10 minutes sustained. They noticed that if you went from the difference in your health from 10 to 30 was not as consequential <laughs> as zero to 10. Okay. Just 10 minutes. So 10 minutes a day with a sustained heart rate of 120, 130 beats or above. Okay. So think about that. Think about that. For me, that could be an exercise bike. It could be swimming. It can be um, a, a jog or something. It can be sit-ups. It can be push-ups. It's something that you enjoy doing to get your heart rate up to that level for that amount of time. It seems pretty attainable. Yep. To be honest with you, uh, I remember the first time you shared that with me, I was kind of like, ah, 
I can't even fathom that. I'd only have to exercise at an elevated heart rate for 10 minutes a day to receive all these benefits. Yeah. It seems kind of too good to be true. And then I look at my schedule and it's like, I make all these excuses to not work out. And yet there is definitely 10 minutes every day yes. that I can set aside time to take care of my health and exercise Yeah, at, at that So pace. an hour, that's a high bar mm-hmm. for someone doing nothing. But if you're doing nothing, something is better than nothing, mm-hmm. right? And if I look, if I were to look at your schedule, I think Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime are in your daily routine already. It's kind of like, why don't I get in the Bible? Well, you find time to do anything that's mm-hmm. important to you. And that's the, the key phrase, important to you. Mm-hmm. The health is, is a deposit in the, on the future. Your health is. And your exercise, your heart, your body, that's, again, to be steward, hopefully, for the long haul of life in a broken, always deteriorating world. We have to think that even in a broken world, I have the mind of Christ that I'm to steward my body well. And, and I think we acknowledge that this is hard because we, and I'm, in, I'm going to include myself in this, I'm very instant gratification minded. Yes. And exercise is not that way. You don't exactly. see these results. You don't see a lot of the internal benefits from your heart and just your overall health every day when you put in these 10 minutes. But like Joe's saying, it's, it's an investment and we want to see that accumulate and compound its effects in our lives long-term, not just in the short-term. So we kind of have to get out of that instant gratification mindset. That's right. Another thing that's really key is something close to your home, so you don't have to drive 15 minutes to do 10 minutes, okay? Uh, And then to do it with a partner, a partner who can hold you a little bit accountable, two or three, hopefully, to help you, or at least to circle back with and, and do that most likely don't want your spouse to be your accountability partner. I don't think my wife wants me asking about, <laughs> has she been faithful to an exercise schedule? That's That will ruin the evening for us. Make it a brother. That's right. Make, Make it, it a, a brother. brother. That's right. And this last area is nutrition. So sleep, activity, and nutrition. Three areas that if you can pursue a healthy direction, will cover about 80% of the situations. Now, I will tell you, there's always things like um, um, cystic fibrosis. We don't know where that comes from. And yet when you have it, you basically struggle with lung capacity and Mm. suffocate and and die. And so that's not related at all to some, this is, you know, how did that come in? We don't know things like that. But heart disease, stress, um, diabetes, all those things things that come into our lives in later stages due to weight or inactivity or stress can be solved by some of these, mm-hmm. okay? So nutrition. Um, the, the phrase I want you to remember is eat for the health, not the high. And if you look at how much sugars are in our diets and processed foods are in our diets, all of those things are there for a reason is because our body just loves sugar. Mm-hmm. It just does. And fat cells just replicate the more sugar we have. And it's a short-term fix that ultimately leads to a long-term dependency on it. And you have to wean yourself off of the amount of sugar that's in the American diet. Yeah, it's an addiction. It, it is. Yeah. 
It is. And I'm, I mean, when I celebrate, I thank the Lord when Culver's came to town, okay? <laughs> because I love, I love custard. Oh, yeah. It's, it's when, I, when I go by and see that, I'm like one of Pavlov's dogs. I salivate yeah. when I'm doing that. I gotta that get that mint chocolate chip. Jesus, ice take cream. the wheel. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I'm driving by there. Okay. But, but for me, I've had to realize that what I'm feeding my body is actually going to stick. There's a lot of stuff that's going to stick on that. And so I've had to think through how much soda, how much sugar, how many snack foods, how addictive they can be, and then how deadly they can be to me. And we've never lived in an age where you can uh, look online and see all the different, uh, the, the number of documentaries on food from Super Size Me <laughs> to all this other stuff mm-hmm. that all altered so much of what, um, you know, get in through awareness on what nutrition is all about. But it's so important that we pursue a more often than not healthy diet of what we eat. And um, I, as you walk into a grocery store, one of the general rules is buy around the sides and ignore the center of the store. Mm-hmm. You can buy around the sides. Most of that stuff is going to be better for you. So produce, um, your yeah. proteins. Yeah. Your uh, cheeses and dairy, if you're not allergic to them, uh, eggs and things like that. Mm -hmm. Those are going to be better for you than all the processed foods of uh, Doritos and all those other (laughs) things that now as I talk about my mouth salivates because I love those things also. Yeah, I had a mentor in college who... there's very few people that I ever meet that don't enjoy food that just eat because of the health and because they need the energy. I am not one of those people. I eat because I enjoy it. And I have had to learn because of just, you know, health problems in my own family with a propensity towards diabetes and some heart issues that it's like, okay, I need to be cognizant of this. Even though I'm young, I don't have an excuse to be like, I don't have to care about my body right now. I want to see it as an investment for the long term to begin, like you said, eating for the health and not the high when it is so easy to stop through that drive-thru and get that large Dr. Pepper for me. That's my vice. That's That's your vice? Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel your pain because Dr. Dr. Pepper is my favorite drink so also good. on that. But, so good. Um, once I, well, I got on a regimen more of water, uh, Dr. Pepper tasted more like syrup, mm. okay? And before, I just drank another one. Um, but after, it's interesting. I will only go for one of those a week rather than before they were more daily mm-hmm. on it. And I drink a lot more water, which is so much better for you than all the carbs of a drink. And I think that's a good point too, even as you're saying doing one a week, it, it's not about completely eliminating every... Cancel Christmas. Yeah, yeah. just <laughs> get rid of it all. No Thanksgiving dinner. You yeah. can't have it. It's like, yeah. it's about progress. It's it's not about 100% being perfect in every one of those areas. If you don't get eight hours one night, try to get it the next night. If you right. can't get those nine minutes or 10 minutes today, try tomorrow. Just You, you wake that's up right. each day and you try to make that investment into caring for your body because... It is, it's, it's loving God through worshiping him through what he's given you. That's right. And it's also, it's an avenue to love your neighbor as well as you care for your body. You're allowing yourself to have the energy and the strength that you need to be able to continue pouring out in the environments that God yeah. has you in. That's right. So when you do this, let me just give you a guaranteed reality that you're going to face when you address sleep, activity, and nutrition. And that is, you're going to realize how addicted you are to comfort to pleasure 
and to worship food and and um, passivity in your in your physical life. And those things are just going to surface, and and your your mind is going to say to you, "What are you doing? I mean, this is loss. Mm. This is less of a life. This is no fun." And ultimately, what you have to be able to say is, "No, just food won't be my master. Mm-hmm. You know, that couch is not going to be my favorite place in the world. It can't be the favorite place in the world. There's other things that God has for me to be, and other places God has me to be." that I can see and interact much more than just with a screen. Yeah, so that's awesome. Joe, thank you for giving us a perspective, not only of some practical ways that we can navigate stewarding our body as well, but also just rooting us in the Word of God and bringing us back to from Old Testament to New that God has a purpose for our bodies. They are yeah. a good thing. They're meant to be stewarded well. So thank you. Any any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, as you up? go, you're going to go through those questions and hopefully you're still meeting with your guys. Um, just go authentic on that and try to uh, try to affirm people where they're at and not go, not just be the solution. Some of you have got the body down. And I can tell you, most of us who have the body down don't struggle with the genetic issues that were passed on to us of how our body processes food. That is at play. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to do this with, with gentleness and with grace and with humility where we come alongside of each other. I know people whose bodies process food totally different that for them to lose takes them three times more the effort than it would take me. Mm-hmm. And we just have to have grace with that and celebrate it all the more when they're pursuing that direction. Absolutely. And amen to that. And so guys, this week, when you see the email come out, just remember that if you want this article that was worked on by Joe and Dr. Tag together, uh, that covers in more detail, some of these key health practices, be sure to email Katie Geiger. Her email is going to be coming to you in the announcement that we send out here soon. I just want to share one more announcement and that is about our upcoming daddy daughter dance. So hopefully you're listening to this before October 7th, but if you are, and you are a, a father of a daughter from ages, zero to 18, we would love for you to join us for this dance. This is going to be an incredible opportunity for you to have a special night with your daughter that she will not forget. So be sure to head to fbctopeka.com slash events to buy a ticket for that. And, and she will thank you. I promise you that. So guys, thank you so much. And we will see you next time on the Awake Podcast. <laughs>